Hello and welcome to this edition of Deeper. And today it's great to welcome Mark Millington with us who uh, preached on Sunday. I hope that you've seen that talk. Um, it's well worth watching, isn't it, Mark? It's great. Thanks <laughs> to have you with us, Mark. It really is good. Uh, so, um, Terrell, very quickly, just summarise what you said on Sunday in a few sentences. What was the main kind of point of what you were talking about? Yeah, so obviously with the, it was the third talk in a series that we're doing called Faithfulness and Fruitfulness. And so it's, it's really trying to get people's mindset around what it means to live out a life like this when you are confined. And, and so this passage that we've been looking at with Paul is, is he is confined. We'll look at a little bit later about him being imprisoned in his own home, effectively, but yet was still faithful and fruitful. And so that pretty much sums that up. But it's a, it's, I think it's ch- tackling some of the feelings that people have when they're confined around, can you be fruitful during this time? Yeah. Uh, and so that's what I was doing a little bit with the sermon to help people think like that. That's right. And you, you started with a really great challenging question. Do you feel fruitful right now? And it was a fascinating look at people's faces as you said. It that. was. Yes. Because <laughs> uh, it is hard, isn't it, to be fruitful when you feel so restricted? Yeah. Um, the things that we know we can't do, and then that affects how we, even the things that we can do, gets affected by that. So. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. So we're looking at uh, Acts chapter 28, verses 11 to the end. And um, I would encourage everyone who's watching this to. Uh, press pause now and read that passage. It's Acts 28, verses 11 to the end. So press pause and then restart when you've finished. Great. I hope you've all read it. It's important that you read the scriptures. It is important, isn't it, Mark? It is, absolutely. Big thing to do. So uh, I think it might be helpful just to talk about some of the context of this because we've kind of come into the story right at the end. uh, And it might be good just to remind people of uh, what's going on. Um, so, I mean, th- this all kind of starts off in chapter 21, doesn't it, with um, Paul in Jerusalem and effectively gets arrested. There's a big riot that's going on. And um, then there's a whole series of things that happened with him uh, being brought before uh, the governor, Felix. Felix doesn't know what to do with him, keeps him effectively in jail for two years. Then Festus arrives, he's the next governor. He looks at Paul, doesn't know what to do with him, sends him effectively to Caesar because Paul says, I appeal to Caesar. Uh, and it's really interesting. And in, um, uh, in one part, uh, King Agrippa says, uh, this man could be free if he hadn't have appealed to Caesar. Uh, and you know, Paul knew what he was doing. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. You know, Paul knew what he was doing. He wanted to get to Rome to preach the gospel. And he would get there by any way. Um, so he could have been a free man, but chose to do it this way. So uh, as you look to this passage, obviously there's lots in this that you didn't include in Sunday. Um, yeah. Are there particular things that you want to draw out right now, Mark, to draw uh, yeah. attention to? So I think there's a couple of things for me that when you when we think about call on our lives, that Paul had a very clear call on his life, didn't he? You know, his encounter with Christ, and, and he would have been completely impassioned by that. And but yet, the, the, this opposition that he faces all along the line didn't stop him from losing that. And and how many times have you spoken to Christians and they feel like they've got a big call in their life, and then hardship hits, mm. and they just go, "I must have just been wrong. I've just been wrong on my call." 
But yet, Paul doesn't do that. He keeps pushing through, knowing that what he was called to be and do. And, and that's really telling, I think, for this time, is how many of us are, are holding back, yeah. thinking may, maybe this just isn't the season for me to be what God has called me to be. Uh, maybe I need to wait until things are easier. Mm. But Paul really demonstrates throughout his whole, like you say from chapter 21, right to this point, that you just keep pushing, you keep being who you're meant to be, regardless yeah. of your circumstance. Yeah. And it's fascinating, isn't it, that the length of time from chapter 21 to the end of the book of Acts is probably close to five years. Right. Because he, he was in Jerusalem under arrest by Felix for two years. And then there's the whole journey from Jerusalem to Rome, which, would, and of course, he was in uh, Malta for three months. You know, that would have taken some time. And then he was in prison in Rome for two years. Uh, so that's that's a long lockdown. And I, th- and I think most of us probably would have given up by that point. Going, I'll just leave him somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I'll um, just do my little bit in my prison cell, but that's going to be it. He didn't do that though, does he? You know what we see here is, uh, and in fact, all the way through that story, every opportunity he preaches the gospel. He never lost his passion to preach the gospel. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling a bit fed up after seven months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's it, because your, your world is suddenly different, isn't it? That yeah. when you're out and about doing stuff, you, you can think in a particular way about how you engage with people. But then when you're in your home, how do you then relate to others? Yeah. It's a different skill in some ways. I mean, even just doing this, like I talked about Zoom on Sunday morning, but even just relating to people on Zoom is different. The way we interact socially is different. Now, maybe it is more about focusing on what's around you, like, like I mentioned some morning about your neighbourhood. Mm-hmm. Are you connecting with your neighbours more as a result? Because there's lots of concerns in our neighbourhoods that we could probably be engaging with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, certainly in this part of the story, you know, Paul all the time is chained to his guard. Talk about being restricted. Uh, I don't know how, uh, it doesn't mention anything about the guard, but he must have heard the gospel. A thousand times. Yeah, when these letters are all being written to these three churches that he's writing to. He's hearing all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you would hope that this guy got saved at some point. Yes. Um, but it's interesting, isn't it? You know, Paul arrives in Rome, and we see in verse 17 onwards, because the first part of the, pa- the, 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 the passage that we read is all about the journey, and then the second half is about Paul in Rome. Um, he doesn't lose time, does he? He immediately connects with people. It says after three days, he's arrived there and he connects with people. Yeah. Which is so important as the for us. Yeah. And, and for, me, for me, that's, I think he just knew the value of others, that he knew that he was going to be investing in people that then were going to invest in others. Yeah. And, and whatever we do during these times should be an investment in other people's lives, not just about preserving what we have. Mm-hmm. And, and during any hard time, you can just be, be very inward focused because you do, you just go into survival mode, don't you? Mm-hmm. Well, I've, just, I've just got to get to the end of this. But actually Paul shows us quite the opposite, that this is a time for investment in others that they might invest in others, make disciples that make disciples. Yeah. And, and that was always on his radar, that how can I just keep investing that others might invest too? Because the people he invested in went back with the letters that he was writing to the churches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... It's interesting what he does in this bit, isn't it? Because um, he, uh, I love what it says. He met with the Jews, explains himself, explains why he's um, imprisoned, and then invites them back. And even more 
people come along to hear him talk about uh, why he's in prison, what he believes. Uh, and there's a kind of a whole day preach that he, he does where he, uh, we'll talk about what he talks about in a minute. But um, he doesn't hold back within that. You know, he, he really wants them to know the gospel, but he puts a real challenge in and he includes that passage from Isaiah, you know, this is what the Holy Spirit says about you, you know, that you would uh, have ears but not hear and yeah. you would not understand. And, you know, that's a kind of, it's, it's a difficult thing for people to hear that, that's actually, you know, this is what Isaiah talked about. You are it and it's not good. Yeah. Um, he didn't hold back. Yeah. I think one of the things that we need to learn about being fruitful is uh, for it to be fruitful, you need to put in some challenge. Yeah. And be realistic that some people are just not going to accept what you say. Yeah. Yeah. Or how you live your life, not quite get what you're about, but say it anyway. Um, and be really careful. And he's very wise. He knew how to meet with different groups of people at different levels, didn't he, Paul? Um, but he knew where these people were at. And so he was speaking directly into their state of heart, wasn't he? Mm. And the state of spirit when it came to their understanding of God. Um, but you're right. So it says like, therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent out to the Gentiles and they will listen. <laughs> like, <"Ooh." laughs> and, um, but he knew, he knew what his call was. Yeah, yeah, he did. And um, it's interesting here. He goes to Jews first uh, when he gets to Rome, uh, but then he widens it out. You know, and it says, you know, at the end that he welcomed anyone who came to him. And over those two years, I wonder how many people heard the gospel while he was effectively imprisoned. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, that, that, that thing about the gospel going to the Gentiles was the thing that started off the whole riot back in chapter 21, when he was talking to Jewish people about the gospel. And he says, you know, it's for the Gentiles as well. And at that point, they all kicked off. So he plays a um, a dangerous game here. You know, he, he could have caused more issues, but he doesn't hold back on the truth. Yeah. And you wonder, you know, who those people are for us today. You know, who are those that we hold the gospel back or people can hold the gospel back from? Yeah. But, you know, a challenge in my life is who am I sharing my faith with? Am I more inclined to share it with certain groups over others? Mm. Because I feel like it's easier or it, that there's going to be less offence taken by those. Yeah. But actually, the gospel is meant to go out to the whole world, isn't it? That's right. There's, there's one thing that um, we both talked about as we were uh, before we recorded this about what Paul preaches about. Because it says a couple of times he preached about the kingdom of God and taught about Jesus. Mm. Um, how do you read that? What do you get out of that? Yeah, so on Sunday morning, I talked about the kingdom of God being the rule and reign of God, which is one understanding of what the kingdom of God is. But the other side of the kingdom of God is, um, we, see, we see in Romans, it says that the kingdom of God is joy, peace and righteousness. Mm. And and so when we're thinking about how we live our, our lives at the moment, are, are we being full with the joy of God and the peace of God and righteousness? And ultimately, especially peace, is just knowing you're right with God and how that then affects how you then treat other people to be right with other people. So the commentators on this will talk about the fact that this is about having joy in what God is doing in our lives and having peace with him and righteousness, being right with him, but also being joyful in our relationship with other people yeah. and having peace with other people, being peacemakers with other people mm -hmm. and being righteous in how we deal with other people, being right with them. And um, I, I think when you're confined, like Paul was, it's so easy 
just to see your own needs as being the, the primary thing that you go with rather than hang on. No, my life isn't about that. My life is about showing others the joy that I have because of what God has done through Christ. The peace that I should therefore have with everyone around me and be seeking right relationship with people around me. Yeah, that's good. But when you get, when your world gets smaller, your relationships get strained. And, and I think we just need to be really conscious of that. Yeah. I think it speaks to me as well about um, when you, you talk about the kingdom of God as the reign of God effectively in someone's life, yeah. you are counteracting some of the some of the ways in which we talk about Jesus that comes across as a bit therapeutic. You know, Jesus will make you feel better. Uh, and of course, you know, he can do. That, that, that's, that's the truth. Yeah. But if that's all you focus on, you actually lose sight of the fact that you are now, as a Christian, under the reign of God. And we are to obey God. Yeah. And if we just simply focus on, you know, Jesus is my best friend and he'll look after me and keep me safe and all that kind of thing we're missing part of the gospel. Mm. Um, you know, the, the whole point of Jesus bringing us into a better, into a new relationship with the Heavenly Father is that we suddenly become obedient to him. Yeah. We become faithful to him. So um, I, I like the fact that here Paul does both of those things. He's talking to them about Jesus and all that he's done and all he will do for them. And also saying, but now you are entering into a new kingdom where you are in a new relationship with God. And uh, that requires obedience and that yeah. requires commitment and loyalty and those kind of things. And also obedience when things are tough. You know, how many people, how many Christians can hit hard times and then suddenly their faith in God dips Yeah, because God doesn't seem to be as faithful as they thought he was. Yeah, And so their obedience suddenly lines up with God responding to their needs. Uh, where actually Paul, again, you know, I think there must have been a real level of intrigue, but he wasn't, there was no sense in Paul of, look at me, look at my suffering, you know, I, I, it's really hard for me, and when's God going to deliver me? It's yeah. just like, no, no, whilst I'm suffering, God is faithful. Yeah. Whilst I'm suffering, suffering God has brought peace to my life with him, and I want to make that known to the world. Yeah. And and so that must have brought a real sense of intrigue for those around Paul, are going, hang on, you're talking about this peace and this joy that you have, and this right relationship with God, but look at you, the state of you. And I'm sure he must have had that because it's been like Job, isn't it? Yeah. That whole story with Job of going, hang on, but how can God? But, and, but God is true. God, God is faithful regardless of our circumstance. And that's the intrigue I think we need to be pulling out in people's lives of it doesn't matter what I'm going to go through during this time. God is still loving and fair and truth. Yeah. And effectively that comes out in the last, last verse, two verses of the passage, doesn't it? Uh, you know, uh, I love the last verse. This is the last verse, the whole book of Acts. He proclaimed, proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. I, I love that. So even there in prison, the last two years of his life. I love the fact that the, you know, the book of Acts doesn't end with his death. It ends with him preaching the gospel and we're to keep on preaching the gospel. It's fascinating. Yeah. And be concerned with the mandate. I love it. There's a network called Acts 29 Network which is all about church planting yeah. uh, because that is the unwritten chapter. That's the next chapter in the story about we, we take the truth that has been given to us and we go and make that known to the end of the earth. And, and so, you know, Paul's legacy is the Acts 29, is the people who are going to take out the gospel to the Gentiles, to the Jews, to the, to the rest of the world. And so, you no, know, it is intriguing though, isn't it? Yeah, so good.
So let's go a, a little bit wider on this and think about what are the implications for us today as we think about this passage. So let's think a little bit uh, wider and think about how this applies to us. Uh, what do you want to bring out of for application for us here, Mark? Is there anything particular that you want to focus on? Yeah, I think for me, when we when we use the word fruitfulness at this time, it's it's understanding what fruitfulness is, that our life is just meant to make a difference in our own lives. You know, Christ it wants to come and make a difference in our own lives, but also through our lives. Mm. And during these times, I think sometimes we can just think, well, I can't really do anything because I can't go to church or I can't connect with church ministries. Or, But actually, fruitfulness was always meant to be more than that. Yeah. And and Paul Paul very much has that in mind, that our whole life is meant to communicate who we're meant to be in Christ. Um, and, and so one of the things that stood out for me is in Philippians. So he's writing to the Philippians from this moment. And he says to them, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vacancy, rather humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Wow. And I, I just I just hope, you know, as a church during these times that we can be seen as those that are always thinking about other people. Yeah. And so when it comes to fruit, it's like, what am I doing with my days? You know, it's the biggest percentage of my day thinking about my needs or am I thinking about others? And that can be as simple as making a phone call to somebody. It can be dropping a food parcel around to somebody's house. All those little things that we can just think, you know, my, my neighbor, you know, her husband's not very well at the moment, just engaging with them to see if there's any physical needs that we can, can meet, just emotional needs just by texting saying, we're here if you need, need us. That, that type of thing is very small things that we can do, but it keeps us being fruitful and thinking about others rather than ourselves. Yeah. I think, you know, what we see with Paul is, he simply accepts where he is mm. and just makes the most of it. Yeah. You know, whether it's, you know, in prison in Rome, uh, getting shipwrecked by Malta, you know, all those kind of things. It really doesn't matter to him. It's like, this is where I am. What can I do? Um, and we can moan a lot about the situation that we're in. Um, yeah. But how are we going to make the most of it to connect with others? And I yeah. think that, that's something that we might pick up on as a question for people to reflect on. And these, these are hard times, you know, I think that it's put real strain on people's relationships during this time. And, you know, some of us might have experienced that in our relationships. And the danger is with when, when we're going through any hard time is to think, I want to be somewhere else. I want to be in a different situation. I want to be in a different relationship. I want to be in a different job, whatever that might be. And instead of thinking about all the places you could be, just consider where God could meet you where you already are. Yeah, uh, because maybe that's a challenge for us interpersonally is about what's happening in here why do I want to escape my situation mm. but when I could meet Christ here and, and walk with him through it yeah I mean in the end quite often it comes down to our desire for personal comfort doesn't it you know which Paul just seemed to shun <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah he could have been a free man but chose to be imprisoned in Rome you know but yeah um I think one of the things that I would want to draw out as an application is the need for challenge. Um, I think one of the reasons why we quite often don't see fruit in terms of people coming to Jesus is that we share the gospel, but never also include the point where we say, what are you going to do about it? Um, and I think, you know, we always want others to do that. We want the, you know, the big preacher to do that bit or, you know, uh, sort of preach on a Sunday morning or whatever, you know, but 
we can all do that. We can all say to people who we are sharing our faith with, uh, we can give them a question that they need to respond to. You know, yeah. well, are you going to do something with Jesus now? Are you going to come to Alpha? Are you going to come to a Sunday service? Um, and they might say no, mm. and that's okay. Uh, but you actually don't get fruit unless you get through that point where you ask the question. Yeah. Yeah. And also that invitation is not just for non-Christians, it's for the church as well, isn't it? You know, some of those harder questions that we can be asking each other, whether mm. it's just one-on-one or whether it's in our groups of going, what are you going to do about that? You know, if you want fruit to truly be seen in your lives, what decision are you going to make about that thing you've just talked about? That's and, so ooh, you know, and it's, it's hard when you get that question, but, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure most people want to grow. And so, but growth is the, the moment of greatest growth is the moment of obedience. Mm. And the more you become obedient to Christ, the more you're going to grow. And so many of us get frustrated that we don't see fruit in our lives. We don't become more like Christ. Um, but you have to look back and you wonder how many times you've actually said yes at the time of challenge. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, within this story, we need to remember that for Paul, who was living an incredibly fruitful life, lots of people just turned away and did not respond positively. Yeah. Um, it happened to Paul, it'll happen to us. Uh, we can't get upset about that. We just need to get over it. It's part of the deal. If we're to preach the gospel, to give a challenge to people, then some people just say no. Yeah. Should we have a, uh, some questions for people to reflect yeah. on? Uh, and you can uh, reflect on these questions either on your own or as part of a missional community or another group. If you're not in a missional community, we would love you to join one. Just get in touch with the office uh, and we will put you in touch. Mark leads one, don't you, Mark? Uh, always. Tell us about your, very quickly, tell us about your mission community before we go. Yeah, no, we, we have a real great community. The people who just want to keep pressing into what it means to be faithful at this time, or people who just genuinely want to hang out and love one another as well, they, they're just fun. They're just brilliant. Um, but people who are always thinking about others and wanting to extend that, yeah, that's what makes us want to be missional in yeah. our faith. Uh, so we meet every Wednesday night, have done right through lockdown, and and it's not it's been a real sacrifice like, like i mentioned on sunday morning to to give up your time onto a zoom meeting but people have really grown into that so i'd really encourage anybody to, to join a mission community great okay let's think about our questions so mark uh let's start with you what questions have you got for people to reflect on yes yeah, so my first question is in what ways could you use your time, your energy and resources to bless others at this time? Yeah. Um, so that might be volunteering. It might be the use of your money. It might be using your skills to bless others. Your know, debt management, there's so many people struggling financially at the moment and you might just have real wisdom around debt management. Could you offer your time to, to some of the resources there and the ministries there? The second question is, how are you growing in love, unity, servanthood and encouragement? Because they seem to be four of the things that stand out from Paul's writings to the three churches that he wrote to during his time of confinement. And, and so love, unity, servanthood and encouragement, because that's where you're really going to see fruit. That's good. OK, uh, so uh, one question I would have is um, to reflect really on what's your attitude to your current circumstances? Mm. Uh, how does that compare to how Paul 
approach to circumstances, you know, because for me, that's a personal challenge, you know. I'm looking at how I'm coping. They closed my gym, and all the best of it. Uh, and Paul's chained up still preaching the gospel. So what's your attitude to your current circumstances? How would you compare that to Paul and how he faced his circumstances? Um, and I, I guess, you know, picking up on that whole challenge thing. Yeah. Uh, is there someone that you've been talking to about Jesus that you just need to bring a little challenge to now? Whether that is someone who is coming to faith, perhaps, or even someone who is in the faith and needs a little challenge to grow. Either of those things. Uh, is there a little challenge that you can bring? A question, an invitation, where they need to respond in some way. So maybe have a think about that. Mark, thank you for your time today. It's great thank to have you, you with us. Uh, do join us next week. Um, Rob is going to be preaching on Sunday and we'll... Um, no doubt be sharing in deeper as well. So do please join us next week. Stay safe. Thanks. Bye.